Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. It's our extended version of our Harness Racing show for a Monday. I hope you're well. If you're listening to this in New South Wales, keep fighting the good fight. I know how it feels. I'm on lockdown too, and hopefully all of us won't be soon. But on the harness racing front, plenty to keep us amused and interested and hopefully a winner coming up. Roy Roots Jr. from the Newcastle region hopefully can provide us with some of those. Good morning to you, Roy. Thank you for joining us, mate. Good morning, Mick. Mate, let's go back to last Friday before we head to today's meeting. We are hopefully you've got a winner for us. The stable star was out and about on the home track last Friday and Look, thought he was pretty good winning the Black Prince. Is it a case that you don't have him screwed right down at the moment? Yeah, that's right, Mick. He's um, he, he sort of had a bit of an interrupted preparation this time, um, just with the sort of COVID restrictions and and whatnot. You know, just uh, sort of leading into a few runs of there at Menangle, he um, you know missed a trial and then you know got a foot foot abscess going into his second run and. And then sort of had quite a hard run the last run, so sort of things didn't go his way in sort of three runs back, and then uh, just sort of freshened him a little, and just used uh, last Friday night as sort of Lockie's trial, and um, and just sort of building back up again towards the end of Dominion. I suppose it's hard with the regional racing, Roy, to get him, you know, really good strong racing, but at least you've got a decent open class stable mate and pitch perfect to push him to make these races worthwhile. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it's good when, you know, they, they can hold up a race like that for, for those horses on Friday night with just six horses. And, and um, you know, that's great um, because, you know, we sort of need to race those horses to get them ready for races later on. So, you know, but it's like you said, Mick, it's great to have a horse like Pitch Perfect there. And, you know, <coughs> Marty Major was there also. And, and sort of that's why we sort of had to drive the other two back a little bit um, with Marty Major in the race. He's a real front runner and, and um, you know, they probably would have never got across him anyway. So, you know, and he was the same. He hasn't had a trial for five months and was first up and went quite good, really. So, uh, yeah, just to, to get a bit of racing into them would be great. Um, you know, the next sort of 120 is about three weeks away. So um, it's just sort of hard to plan with things at the moment for those horses. But, um you know, hopefully um, things sort of pan out and, and restrictions ease soon. Did you consider Roy at all a trip to Victoria for the Victoria Cup or with the COVID restrictions? Is that just too difficult? Yeah, we've sort of looked at a lot of things, Mick, but, you know, it's, I, I think we'll just stay here and just sort of concentrate on the Inner Dominion and, um, you know, it'd just be great to have a runner in it and, and um, you know, he's a sort of horse <coughs> You know, you can just sort of put him away, camp him away through the heats, and he, he, you know, he just might make the final. So, you know, I think we'll just take our chances and wait here, and and um, just with the, everything the way it is with the COVID restrictions, it's just too hard to plan anything sort of concrete. So, um, yeah, we'll just, I think we'll just sort of stay here and just play it by ear. Well, there's been a fair bit of talk about the fact that the Inter Dominions, hopefully, and it's only hopeful at the moment, could well go. Menangle, Bathurst, then Newcastle. Some people don't like the idea of the horses travelling. Some people love it. From somebody 
from the Newcastle region. What do you think it would mean to local harness racing fans, but even maybe more so for the, the local Newcastle participants to have those best horses turning up at Newcastle? Do you think it's an important thing? Do you think they care? Do you think it matters? Oh, for sure. I think it does matter, Mick. Um, you know, I remember when I was sort of, you know, growing up, I remember going and they had one year, had a few heats there at Newcastle and there was horses like Courage Under Fire and Shaker Maker and horses like that there. I think it's great because, you know, the, the regional people don't get to see these horses all the time and, and um, you know, it's just a great spectacle and, and it's, you know, as you know, it's great to watch those good horses in action. So I think for sure, I think it's a great format um, sort of, you know, spreading it around different tracks and, and you know, it can just sort of, it, it just opens things up a little for, for a few horses, I suppose, and, and um, I just think it's a great idea. I'm with you. I like the idea too, Roy, but hopefully that's uh, going to be happening early December, a little bit closer for the punters if you look a bit as today. First race at Newcastle goes at 1.33. You've got a nice relaxing start to the day. Not too many horses in early doors. Um, later on on the card, we start to get serious for your team. Your first one's in the sixth on the card. Uh, I'll try and get this right. Buda Bike, is that how you say race six, number nine? I'm, I'm not sure I got that right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> mate, Freddie Hastings is probably the one to, to give you the answer to that one, Mick. Um, look, I, I'd say it's Buda Beck's probably the best way to support to pronounce his name. Um, but, look, he's probably a good chance today, Mick. He's, he's probably, uh, on paper, he's my best chance for the day. And, and um, you know, even though he's drawn a little bit awkward, uh, uh, you know, if you go back a few runs ago, he was quite strong at Penrith um, in much harder races. And and even his last start was quite good at Newcastle. He'd done a power work early and was still there. Only beaten sort of ten or twelve metres, so um, look, he drops in greater mile today. I think he's uh, probably my best chance. Okay, good information there, and we'll just call him race six number nine from now on, so we don't bastardise his name. Um, you've had one drop out of race seven. Boys have time. Everything okay there? Yeah, look, he's just been sort of battling a little bit of a sort of just a sort of slight cough, Mick. It's just sort of this time of year, you know, change of weather, and they're sort of all sort of seem to be sort of getting a little bit of a cough and a bit of a sniffly nose this time of year, but nothing to sort of worry about. He's just too good a horse to risk, and, um, you know, I've got a huge opinion of him and uh, just thought that, you know, it just wasn't worth risking him and, and for the sake of sort of 10 days and he can go around again. So, uh, yeah, just pulled him out as a precaution, Mick. He's just too good a horse to risk. Mate, one of your horses I really like, and we haven't seen him for a long time, is he's the warrior in race eight. You've got two in the race, him and Glengarry Rose. Uh, where's he been, he's the warrior? And we haven't even seen him trial much, so how ready can he be for today? Yeah, he's pretty ready, Mick. He's um, you know, he's a horse that we've put a lot of work into to get back to the races. He had a few issues uh, just with his feet and, um, and his hocks. And, uh, you know, we just sort of brought him up on a bit of a different, um, you know, a bit of a different sort of pattern this time, a lot more swimming and stuff. And, um, you know, look, he's a very good horse. Um, I've always said potentially he's probably one of the best horses I've had. Um, but he, 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 look, he's pretty ready today. Mick, he'll run a great race. And, um, you know, just sort of where he gets too early, I probably don't want to burn him too hard out the gate. Um but in saying that too, he's a funny horse. He, he can have other ideas at times. So, uh, 
Um, look, he should be hard to beat today, and and um, you know if he can sort of lob close, if not lead or be in the first four, and um, you know he'd be hard, to, he'd be very hard to hold off. I'd say. Mate, you mentioned a really interesting thing for this time of the season when horses, are, a lot of horses, are coming back fresh or they're getting ready for new campaigns. How do you find it with these type of horses? Do you find that if you burn them that first four hundred and they haven't raced for a while, it gets to them the last four hundred, or does is it horse dependent? It's it's depends on the horse. I think Mick to um, you know. I think with a horse like him, he's been sort of track working and known with horses like Black Prince and and um, Pitch Perfect and those horses. So, you know, he's pretty ready for a race like today. Um, it's always, you know, hard to have them 100% rock hard, you know, without a trial. Um, but like I said, he's got some pretty good sparring partners at home um, to sort of get him ready for a race like today first up. But I think you're right. You, you probably don't want to be burning them hard that first 400 especially in a 2,000-meter race first up. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, too, he's quite smart and, um, you know, he's 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 got pretty ready. Mate, we appreciate you joining us uh, today, Roy. Congratulations on the Black Prince the other night. I know it was basically a glorified trial, but it's always nice to have the best horse in the barn and back and the second best horse running second to him. Uh, by the way, your top chance today, race six, number nine, Buda Beck is paying $4.80. So we're hoping for good things there for the Sky Sport Radio listeners, mate, and good luck this afternoon on the home track there at Newcastle. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. That's Roy Roots Jr., his best of the day. Race six, number nine. Might be called Budabek or Betabek. Betabek. Betabek, we think it is. That's what we're going to call it. Fred Hastings told us it's Betabek. Fred knows about these things. And it's $4.80 at one fifty-five. so we're loving that. Beaterback at $4.80, Roy's best of the day. Just a word of warning in the last around He's the Warrior. Next up on On the Pace, it's Brad Hewitt joining us to talk about horses heading forward and horses who raced the other day. Brad, thanks for joining us today, mate. No worries, Nick. Thanks for having me. Hey, how are you? All good? Yeah, as good as we can be, but yeah, not allowed to do too much, but yeah, everyone's getting by. Oh, look on the bright side, you can't get in too much trouble. Mate, um, the big meeting for you this week um, isn't going to be the ones we're talking about today or tomorrow at Menangle. For you, it's going to be Young tomorrow night. So Young racing one of two Tuesday meetings. And you've got a couple of nice drives here tomorrow, mate. The first of them um, is a very, very good filly, Captain's Queen. She goes around in the fifth tomorrow as the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge heats head to Young. You got the outside barrier draw, Brad, but is she so good it won't matter? Yeah, I think so, Nick, just on what she done last start and obviously she's already got the runs on the board but in the AFG final and ran second in the uh Gold Tiara, but I was actually quite happy with it. At least we can stay out of trouble going into that first corner there and yeah, I think she should be too good. For a horse like her, she's obviously got the final of this series as her main aim. Um, is she Breeders' Crown eligible as well? Is she eligible for other things before the end of the two-year-old season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's Breeders' Crown next. So, yeah, she'll have that later in the year after we get this series out of the way. All right, mate. In the second of the heats tomorrow, this one for the boys. This is young tomorrow night at 8.40pm because we have Menangle during the day and young tomorrow night. You have 
escape artist from your own stable in race six. Tricky barrier draw, and you wouldn't have thought probably, Brad, that at Young on a Tuesday night you would get a field of this depth that looks an absolute beauty headlined by Mr. Ray. Yeah, that's right, Nick. It's um, yeah, getting that time of year where all the, the better ones are starting to step out, and we sort of knew that yeah, we'd most likely run into him there, but hopefully, yeah, if we can run even run second, it go a long way to still getting him in the semi, so yeah, we thought we'd send him around. What sort of horse is he? Because he's had the, the three starts and he's he's been good in two of them. Uh, last time out, of course, was in the Gold Crown final at Bathurst, but to even be up and running at that time of year, he must have natural ability. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty nice horse, Nick. He's a good, strong fella, and he's still just there learning a few things, but he'd just come to the end of it by that um, crown final. He'd just yeah, gone off and I think he galloped two or three times in the run, so he'd just yeah, come to the end of the prep and had enough, but he seems to be working good and his two trials have been really good, so he'll be there ready to go tomorrow. Brad, he's by Tinted in America, who is one of those super fast horses over 200 metres. Is that escape artist? Is he a horse who's best saved for one run? Uh, not really, Nick. He's, he does have yeah, enough speed, but he's more uh, yeah, just strong. Like he can sustain his run for a long time. He's actually a half brother to a horse we had a few years ago. He's a dude, and he won a carousel, and he was the same. He was just a, a good, strong fellow. Could yeah, run a good, but sort of six or eight hundred meters, just sustain his run. And this fellow's much the same. Mate, we saw you bringing one of your stable stars to Wagga on Friday. They had a super last race on the card there on Friday. They paced 150.3 for a track record, so the track's obviously super quick there. Shemit was third for you, beaten by 12 metres, but I thought a pretty good run considering, and must have come off the, the track shaking your head, them going 150.3 at Wagga. Yeah, he went super naked, yeah, coming from last, and I think they got home in... 53-something, I, I forget what it was now, but they broke 54 and they yeah, come from last. I knew that they'd yeah, go pretty slick time, but yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting they'd go quite that quick. Um, also a horse you know well, you've driven in some of the major races at Rock and Marty for, for David Hewitt, and obviously you couldn't drive it on Friday. He got parked out of the 150.3. I presume he'll take a lot of improvement from that. Yeah, he went really good to me. Like as you know, any horse, like if it's a good horse or whatever, when they happen to sit outside and when they're going one fifty miles, like it, it finds it the best. Uh, it takes the best out of any of them when they happen to park outside them. But he went good and they've all pulled up well. So we're hoping, fingers crossed, we can get back down to an angle in the next couple of weeks. So they're not all racing one another like that, and even for all the rest of the horses that they're coming up against, it's no good for them, sort of yeah, coming up against the likes of Ignatius and Rock and Marty and Send It and Star Major, the fellow that won it too. Is it a case that both Send It and Rock and Marty have the Inter-Dominions on their radar? Uh, yeah, that's right, Nick. Yeah, both of them will be aiming at that. And uh, even Marty, if, if he comes along good in the next couple of runs, even... Uh, the Victoria Cup, uh, aiming up at that. Like, at this stage, uh, that or I wouldn't be able to get down to it. But 
so many cases send him and someone jump on on race days, but yeah, he'd have to be going like he was sort of in Brisbane to warrant going down and yeah, targeting a race like that. Mate, uh, so you've got a couple of good drives tomorrow night. Have you got something else in the team, Brad, for us to look out for? Because everybody's dying to have a responsible punt at the moment because things are a little bit boring around Australasia. What's a horse outside of the good ones that is worth us following over the next month or so? Uh, I've got a little horse. He's dusty. He's, he's not a bad little horse. He ran third to a couple of good three-year-olds there uh, three months ago in the 51 mile there of a Saturday night. but. He's uh, sort of ready to go and even rocking with Elvis. He, he was a good juvenile and he's nearly back after a sort of six-month break and he'll be ready to go in the next uh, week or two as well. Mate, we appreciate you joining us. Um, good luck tomorrow night at Young. You've got a couple of really interesting drives there, so looking forward to seeing the, the Breeders' Challenge turn up at Young tomorrow night, Brad. No worries, Mick. Thanks for having me. That's Brad Hewitt. He's got a really strong book tomorrow at Young. Only a small book, but a strong one. And he's got some serious horses to play with heading forward on the Grand Circuit and for that Inter-Dominion, which is inching closer here in New South Wales. Before we head to Young tomorrow, we're going to head to Menangle for our usual Tuesday afternoon meeting. And one man looking forward to that will be Jared Elgin, because at the moment, his two-year-olds are going embarrassingly well, but one of them is not going to be turning up tomorrow at Menangle. Jared, thank you for joining us this morning, mate. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm loving life, brother. I'd, like everybody, I could do with a beer and a fresh coffee and probably a night out, but I think we'll survive for another week or two. But um, Ultimate Billy, my Ultimate Billy, isn't heading to Menangle tomorrow. He's unbeaten in two. What's happened there? No, he just got a um, touch of colic over the weekend, um, and we had to treat him. So, um, yeah, he's he's not far away, but I give him a workout on Saturday morning, and then Saturday afternoon he um, he was a bit colicky. So, yeah, we just had to had to treat him, but um, he seems good now. He he had a jog this morning, and he's he's back right. So, um, yeah, he he'll get set for Breeders' Crown. So we've got a bit of time up our sleeve with him, so we we don't need to rush him now get him over his little sickness and um, try and get him ready for the Breeders' Crown. All right, Jared. for those people listening to Sky Sport Radio this morning who don't quite understand how you treat colic, what do you do when you have a horse who has the intestinal problems? Um, well, we um, try and walk them as much as you can before you have to treat them. Um, sometimes they'll walk out of it. Um, but then I think um, if you're given some phenidine, um, just 10 mil of phenidine and uh, that generally seems to do the trick or or, or a mil or two of um, ace just to relax their relax their muscles and um, yeah that seems seems to have done the trick with him but um, some horses obviously if they if they don't improve after that treatment they've obviously got to go to the university and and um, yeah they, they seem to do the rest but I've found if the minor ones if they can just have some phenidine and and the ace generally settles everything down and they'll come good with a with a couple of hours of walking. Well, I'm hoping Billy feels a bit better soon. The other my ultimate you have in tomorrow is my ultimate cobber in race two. Like most of your horses at the moment, seems to be very in form. Uh, he looks the one to beat. Yeah, he's, um, he's had one trial and one race at Penrith. And... Um, 
he seems to have come through that really good, actually. So um, we'll, we'll run him tomorrow at Menangle and then we'll look to go to Penrith the following week for the for the British Challenge sheet. But he's um, he seems to have come on really good after his first run at Penrith. So I, I think he'll run a really good race tomorrow. Made a race four tomorrow. It's the uh, the two-year-old Phillies race. You have Madrid. She's drawn the outside of the gate. It's not an easy field. But wow, she came out last time, one by 30 metres and paced 154. So clearly, she's a filly who's right in the zone. Yeah, she's pretty special, I think, Mick. We've um, we've liked her for a fair while, but um, things sort of, just sickness and um, a bit of lameness and things just sort of kept putting us back with her, but everything's sort of starting to fall into place now. Um, she's had the two starts. Her last start was really good, and then she had a trial last Wednesday at Menangle, and she actually went quicker in the trial than what she did at her last start. So um, she she's spot on um, for tomorrow, and I think um, yeah, I, I think she's got bigger fish, fish to fry than tomorrow. But I think um, that'll just be a stepping stone for better things to come for her. That being the case, Jared, what do you do tomorrow? Do you tell young Cameron Hart, look, we've got the best horse in the race, we blast off the gate from Barrier 10 and, and we keep going forward, or do you use that race to teach her something which may be helpful for the races ahead? Do you potentially drive her in the field and try and run over the top of them? What do you do with the horse who looks the best horse in the race, but this isn't the grand final? Uh, well, I was always taught if you got the best horse in the race, drive them like that. And I think she's got natural gate speed. Like, that's her one big asset is her gate speed. Like, I, I think she'll just she'll be in front before the winning post there. Like, I think she's just super quick out of the gate without even asking her to. So um, I'm tipping, yeah, she'll just tow, tow Cameron forward from there. And she, she I, I see her being in front after, after a couple hundred metres, that's for sure. Uh, going back to Penrith last Thursday night, Jared, you had both my ultimate Ronnie and my ultimate Skeeter. And for those who don't follow the harness racing, all the my ultimate horses are owned by <clears throat> Tumby Park propriety. My ultimate Ronnie was really good, but I thought my ultimate Skeeter, who got wide on the track following and, and looked a little bit uncomfortable being quite a big horse, did a super job in second. Is there, is there much between these two? Um, I think at this point in time, Ronnie sort of got the wood on him a little bit on Skeeter, but um, yeah, you're right what you say. He got around the last bend there and Skeeter just started to touch his knee a little bit, being wide off the track. Um, a, a couple of the Captain Tetris can touch their knee a little bit. and he He's never done it before. Like he, he, He's never shown signs of hitting his knee before, but just being a little bit wide on the track, on the small track for this. He'd only raced there once before and he was on, on the rail. So, um, yeah, he just got a little bit unbalanced around that last bend there. But as soon as he hit the straight, he really motored to the line. Um, I think he's one horse that's really going to benefit for this season of racing. I think next year you'll see the best of him. Uh, he's been a very tricky horse to get going. So um, I actually didn't think he'd race that too, but he, he everything's starting to fall into place with him. Um, but I, I do think he'll be a better horse next year when he learns what it's all about. Um, but, yeah, I think, think Ronnie's probably got the edge on him a bit at the, at the present. But we know that Madrid's the best of your two-year-old fillies. Um, how many of these my ultimate 
horses do you have and which one's the best of the boys for those who want to follow your two-year-olds heading forward because it looks an incredibly powerful unit. Yeah, um, my ultimate Byron's definitely the best of them. Um, like he's had the five starts for the five wins. Um, I think he's definitely the best of them. And then um, I actually think the next, probably the next best one would be um, a horse that I campaigned in Queensland, my ultimate Baxter. Um, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's a horse on the up and I think he's probably the next clear pick. And then take them ones out. They're sort of, they're quite a handy bunch. The rest of them, um, you got my ultimate Ronnie, my ultimate Billy, <laughs> Skeeter. There's uh, my ultimate Levi. He won the group one in, in Queensland. So he's sort of in the pack um, with that with them. But um, it's a good position to be in. And I thank Tumby Park for um, all the support they've given me to keep buying babies and, um, we've had a few lean years before this one. Like um, it didn't just turn up with all these good babies. Like we've had three or four bad years with the babies, and which can happen when you when you're buying big numbers of babies. So it's not as if um, yeah, this was our first year buying babies and they're all good. We've had a few bad years to get this good year. So you really appreciate this year when knowing the bad years that we've had. Um, and and we've got a I think there's about ten or ten or it might be a bit more than that actually it might even be fourteen babies yearlings um, coming through now so hopefully um, a few of them can can come through and um, and be just as good as these ones but uh, you can only dream to get a, a bunch like we've got this year. Jared, last question for you, and we appreciate your time this morning on Sky Sport Radio. When you go to the yearling sale to buy these horses, what's the most important thing? Is it page? Is it looks? Is it confirmation? What's the most important thing for you in purchasing a young standard bread? Well, to, to me, your eye doesn't lie. So if you see one and it's just a cracking type um, and it ticks all the boxes, I'm a bit of the belief that it doesn't matter so much about the page. Um, if they're just if they're a great type, um, uh, Andrew Thompson, a really good vet um, who's passed away now, he he once told me he said go to the sales and um, pick. He goes, yo, I never lie. So if you see one you like, write it on your hand and go back and look at the page second. And um, that's sort of well, I've stuck with that all, all my life. And um, I think yeah, it's it's sort of worked so far. And that's that's my first first rule and I guess my second rule is and which it's a bit of a strange one but I personally don't like buying out a champion mares um, mares that have been champions themselves or been terrific mares like uh, I, I, you generally don't see real good horses come out of champion mares so I, was tr- I think one you pay overs for them and two you generally don't see good horses come out of real good mares for some reason. I'm not sure, but that's just one of the other rules I stick to as well. Jared, interesting insight there, mate. Look, thank you for your time. Congratulations on how well the two-year-olds are going and good luck with your two reps in the two-year-old races tomorrow at Menangle. No worries. Thanks, Mick. That's Jared Elchin. We thank him, Roy Roots Jr. and Brad Hewitt. If you're looking for a bet over the next couple of days, here's the rundown. Today we head to Newcastle. Best of the day. Tipped out race six, number nine by Roy Luch Jr.
is paying four dollars eighty. So four eighty for Beta Vic at race six number nine at four forty today. Tomorrow we head to Menangle for Tuesday afternoon, couple of ripping two year old races there. Then tomorrow night we go to Young, where there's some breeders challenge for the boys and the girls as harness racing in New South Wales fights on through COVID. Good luck if you are having a bet over the next couple of days. Bet responsibly to all of you stuck in lockdown. We're with you. We're going to try and provide some harness racing to entertain you, among other things. The next on the pace will be with Brittany Graham at 10.30 on Sky Sport Radio on Wednesday morning.